Creativity, ideas, and passion. Welcome to the Girls Invent podcast. In this series, we talk to amazing women who, when challenged, have successfully reinvented themselves to take on what life throws at them and build truly authentic lives. At Girls Invent, we also run an inventing and business development program that enables girls to create unique product ideas and turn these into successful businesses. Here is your host, so welcome to another episode of Girls Invent podcast. This is Mark Glazebrook, uh, co-founder. And um, again, today we uh, are going to welcome uh, another great guest to um, talk about um, her life and her achievement. And today we've got Michelle Wilson, who uh, is a, um, a quite a, a seasoned karate champion and um representative for Australia at a national level for, for many years. Welcome, uh, Michelle. Thanks for having me. No problems. Um, Michelle, we, we just like to have a pretty um, casual chat on the, on the podcast here and um, just so we get to know you a little bit more, um, whilst there's no doubt a lot to talk about with your karate, could you talk about maybe your early life and kind of where you were born and um, some of your influences that, you know, people might be interested to hear? Sure. Um, So I'm an Adelaide girl. Um, Originally spent most of my life in South Australia other than a short stint in WA when I moved there for university. Um, Grew up with a small family. Um, My mum, my younger sister and my grandma are probably the, you know, main sort of family unit for me. Um, And... I, you know, did all the usual sort of sports um, in primary school. Mum was always really encouraging of us being active and she put my sister and I into karate to learn self-defence and um, that was kind of where the karate career, I guess, started. Um, And, you know, in terms of outside of sport, um, I went to uni, studied nutrition and dietetics, decided that definitely wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, And have been working in sort of sport and recreation and um, community capacity building ever since. So that's the the world outside of karate for me. Cool. Um, I'm just interested, uh, was there ever an experience um, where you you did feel unsafe that sort of karate was, I don't know, a a good way to sort of um, at least feel safer in the world that, that helped you motivate you in that way? Yeah, I get I get asked that like a um a fair bit, you know, have you ever had to use your skills? And thankfully not, but I think it comes with, you know, um just a sense of confidence that if anything is to happen, you do feel mm-hmm. safe. And I think, you know, being a young person in my teenage years and, you know, early twenties and, you know, you you go out or you're travelling and, you know, sometimes you might find yourself in a situation where, you know, you're not quite sure of the people around you, particularly when you're travelling and things like that and surroundings are unusual, um, you know, you can always sort of, I've always had a sense of I think I'll be okay Um, and I think that's a really important skill for everybody but particularly for females um, to have, you know, and it's not that everyone has to go off and be a martial arts champion but I do think self-defence is a a really important skill for people to learn. You know, the world's not the same as what it was many years Mm. ago so... um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, I mean, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was um, 
key setbacks in, in your life. I mean, we all have them where, you know, barriers or obstacles are thrown your way and you've got to find a way to navigate it. And sometimes it seems almost impossible. Is there any um, examples of, you know, some setbacks or things that have really thrown you for a six that, you know, we could um, hear more about? Yeah, I think um, there's probably two for me that sort of stand out. Um, and one would be most definitely um, around the 2010 period where I just had an amazing um, year or couple of years for karate, actually. I was undefeated in Australia for a number of years um, and had some good results internationally. But there was a change in, um, I guess, the way in which the Australian Karate Federation chose the team. Um, And despite being the number one person they chose not to pick anybody um, for a number of divisions not just my division Um, Mm. so instead of sending a team of about 15 they took uh, five athletes Um, and it was a particularly hard um, you know time for me because I felt like I had done everything that I could you know I won everything that I could and, you know, karate is not like a, um, a swimming or a running where you've got to make a time and then that's the benchmark. You know, it is very much about matchups and, you know, mm. how people compete against different different opponents. Mm. Um, and I was 29 at that time. Um, and for me, funnily enough, you know, 10 years later I'm still competing. But at that time I thought that that was the end of my career. Um, mm. And I took a really big break from karate for it. Well, a big break for me at that time three or four months where I just couldn't even um, think of karate because I just didn't really know, you yeah. know, who I was or, or what I would I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for me it was really about determining the reasons why I'm doing, you know, why I was doing it and I didn't want the decision that was outside of my control to determine my future of, of karate and I felt like I had more to give and more to do. Um, so I just set some had a chat to my coach, Matt, and um, we set some things in place that would mean that it would be impossible not to pick me the following year. And I spent a lot of money going overseas and um, travelling and competing and um, gaining some really good results that meant that I was one of the first people to be selected in 2012. Mm. Um, so that's like a, a, a really competition-specific example. Yeah. Um, but the other one is I'm a, I'm a mum. I've got mm. five-year-old twin girls now. And for me, um, coming back to karate after having the girls, um, not that having the girls was a setback, but certainly, you know, just yeah. um, the the change in, you know, athletes are selfish people. Um, that's how they're successful. You know, that's a lot of um, what their success is underpinned by. But when you've got two little human beings that are reliant on you, you do have mm. to be really flexible. And I've always been a pretty flexible person, but that was like next level um flexible and so um it took me quite a long time to get back to where I felt confident and comfortable and you know my body had changed and my strength had changed and those sorts of things Mm. um but again it's you know comes back to like what are the reasons that you're doing it and I always have said like I want to be the best Michelle Wilson that I can be like I'm not a Mm. super talented athlete I've got good results in Australia and some good results internationally um, but it wasn't about being world champion for me. It was just retiring, knowing that I'd got everything out mm. of me that I could. And, you know, now I've got two little people that are looking up to me as a role model as well, which is super important. Like I want them to know that they can have a crack and achieve anything, you know, that they mm. put their mind to. Mm. 
No, the, the, the great examples, uh, Michelle. Do, do you remember, was there a particular event or moment that prompted you to, I guess, get off the couch um, and get back into, into karate? Um, I remember when I was about four months pregnant with the girls, the Australian Open was on in Sydney. And I was like mm. madly watching the results um, as they appeared sort of electronically online. And I think I kind of knew at that moment, like it wasn't so much a prompt to get off the couch, but I just knew I wasn't done. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I trained pretty much, I, I remained very active throughout my pregnancy. Um, and I just decided, I guess then I think I kind of knew I wasn't sure how it would go or how my body would react but my first competition the girls are four and a half months old um which is a little bit crazy but it was totally fine for me and my body and what my body was you know used to um so it wasn't so much like a prompt to get off the couch but it was just that real feeling of I'm 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 not finished yet and I want to see what else I can do and I had a really good year the, the um that first year I made a final of a world premier league event in Indonesia um, you know, I didn't win the nationals. It took me a couple of years to win the nationals. Um, but, you know, I think it's just about, well, for me, it's about just having something to focus on and breaking off those sort of small achievable goals. And sometimes you literally have to take it minute by minute. Um, mm. but just to kind of, you know, focus in on what that end goal really is. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, I mean, you've already got two examples there um, and you've mentioned uh, at least um, a couple of people, your daughters and, and uh, Matt, I think, your coach. Mm. Um, uh, are they or anyone else um, kind of examples of um, people that, you know, I guess key people in your life that have kind of helped you, you know, um, either get re re-energised or re-engaged? Um, or, um, you know, I think you talked about 2010 um, mm. as, a, as a seminal year of, you know, cornerstone. Um, you know, uh, any sport has, you know, key, um, key coaches, key um, teachers, I guess, um, mm. who um, influence not, not necessarily just uh, in a technical or, um, you know, uh, uh, content specific sometimes, but even just in, in inspiring ways. Is there any people that you want to speak speak about there? Yeah, I think um, I've always been really fortunate to have like a strong family and friend network. Um, you know, my mum and sister and and even my grandma now, um, even though you know she's she's much older, I really you know I couldn't have done anything that I've done since. Well, particularly since I've had the girls without them, you know, like I'm traveling, they're helping with, you know, looking after the girls. Um, they're watching them when I'm competing, all the, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, even when I was a teenager, you know, there was a lot of going without that happened within my family by my sister and my mum in particular, so that I could travel and go to world championships. And, you know, I was from a single parent family. So, um, mm. you know, there was a financial implication for me floating around the country and I'll forever be, you know, grateful to my family to, you know, to provide that, that support. Nothing was ever too crazy. You know, like um, when I wanted to, you know, represent Australia, when I wanted to move to Perth for, for uni, 
um, they've always just kind of taken it in their stride and gone, okay, well, yep, that's that's what she's she's doing. And I'm a pretty strong-minded person, so they probably didn't want to argue with me either way. But um, mm. it was, you know, I've just been really fortunate. And the same with my friends. I'm still really good friends with all of the girls I went to high school with. Um, yeah. And they know that I kind of float in and float out. Like I always get invited to everything, but I might not be there because I might be training or I might be competing or I just can't fit it in. But I haven't kind of dropped away from the group because of that. Um, And, you know, I think it's really important to have those sort of, you know, cheerleaders in your life that no matter whether things are up or down, they've been to 50 million fundraisers over the years to try and get me to the various places. Um, You know, those sorts of things are are really important and it's a good reminder of, you know, why you're doing it when when stuff's not going your way, that you've got kind of a team of people around you. Um, and of course, yeah, my coach has, um, you know, been super supportive over the years and, um, my karate instructor as well. So, you know, in in karate, we have, um, like our head instructor, our sensei and my sensei Bill has, um, he's like a dad to me and he is, you know, again, just kind of like a a pillar of strength throughout the whole thing. Um, Mm, and it's important to have those people, I think, in your life. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, one of the advantages I have is when we, when I speak to different people uh, in these interviews, um, you know, sometimes you pick up threads of um, threads that sort of weave through different people's lives that may, maybe have some similarities. And one that's just um, I've just noticed, I guess, be interested if you have any thoughts is uh, some of the um, the people we've spoken to, and they might be sporting people who've done well like yourself um, or other pursuits, that they interestingly often come from um, a single parent background. Um, Do you you think there's anything in that um, in terms of exceeding or or succeeding or or something that it doesn't mean it's guaranteed for success, but but something that um, is in there? I think um, I think what it means, like for my family, what it meant was we were always connected. You know, like we, it made, it just forced us to be very close. Um, and so I think you have that support that you know that happens in all families, of course. But I think there's an event that happens, um, mm. and it means that that family, you know, has to band together. And so mm. therefore, there is that kind of kind of support. And I think the other thing for me is. I am attuned or have been from a very young age to have to work for things. You know, um, my mum worked when I was, you know, in school and so often it was me, I'm the older sibling, but, you know, making sure that my sister got home okay and, you know, getting yeah. dinner ready and, and those sorts of things and, and helping mum out. And, again, that's like working together, but you tend to have more responsibility potentially or have mm. a bit more leadership Um, and I think sometimes, you know, they're the sorts of things that, um, they're, they're sort of like important parts of success, you know, like when things don't go your way, just, you know, it not being the end of the world. Um, and I'd, I'd say that, you know, I think sometimes it is, you know, you're just used to having to, to work hard for it. Um, and it means more, you know, not that I was ever, you know, my family's never made me feel bad about the, the the financial investment but it is certainly a motivator when you know that people are you know mm. going without or are sacrificing for you you don't take yeah. anything for granted you know um no. 
And so I think, yeah, maybe maybe some of those things impact on that. Yeah. Well, I just touched on it because, um, you know, families come in all shapes and sizes nowadays. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, so many girls that, that might be listening might also come from, a, you know, a, a single-parent family. Um, so, I mean, it's – and I think, to be honest with you, a lot of single-parent or sole-parent families have come in for a bit of stick over the years as somehow not quite, you know, normal or up to up to what others are. And it's great to hear mm. that, you know, I think that there's there's a lot of pluses as well that can be taken from it. I think it's like everything, right? There's, you know, there's there's positives and and potentially, you know, um, negatives to it. But I think if you focus on the good things that come about it, um, then you know you're putting yourself in a good, you know, in a good situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've touched a, a little bit on your career and work. Is there anything that you also want to touch on now that maybe you haven't covered in terms of obviously career? Your career in karate is a big thing. You talked before, um, you know, we came on air that uh, you've got, you know, another job <laughs> or a, yes, a real uh, job. A real job. <laughs> a, a real job. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else you want to talk about your current work or career? Um, yeah, I guess um, unlike some athletes, I think, you know, well, there's most athletes will have to have some sort of work. I've always had to work full time. Um most of the karate competitions are overseas. So for us to gain qualification points now for the Olympics, you know, there's there's competitions on average, you know, 10 of them, um, there'd be 10 a year that are really important for Olympic points. And that doesn't happen, you know, without without no. a job. I mean, I've been very fortunate to have two roles um, most recently where they're very supportive of my, of my travel and um, some flexibility around that. And um, particularly my current job, I'm working in sport now. So, you know, that sort of goes without saying. Um, mm. But it kind of goes back to finding, you know, those those support networks and those cheerleaders and the people that will advocate for you. But I do think, you know, um, whether it's sport or the arts or um, whatever your passion is, you can always find things that are really transferable to your work life. And I think um, I've been able to kind of demonstrate that to, to my employers that, yes, I'm going away for karate, but the impact back on the business or my role is this, you know. Um, I was in Russia on the weekend actually for a competition and I just had this really bizarre moment where I stepped off the um, the train and everything was in Russian and I've travelled to a lot of countries. I've never been to <laughs> Russia before. But yeah. I just thought, you know, I, I just had this one moment where I was like, I'm so grateful of the opportunity that I've had to travel and mm. to put myself in, you know, unusual situations where, you know, 20 years ago I might have had a bit of a panic and, and gone, how am I going to get yeah. around here or what am I going to do? But I think mm. those sorts of things are really transferable to your work life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think in talking to some athletes at a, at a work event yesterday, they were concerned because they're funded athletes and they, they don't have a job. But they're like, when I finish university, I'm really concerned that I'm not going to have work experience. Like, but the experiences that you have, yeah. Um, as an athlete, as a as an artist, as a whatever it is that you're doing, they are still really transferable things. Mm. Um, and I think you know, coming into to my role, um, I'm the general manager at Adelaide University Sport, and I'm um, overseeing the whole continuum of sport from club right up to elite level sport for the university. Mm. Um, one of the questions that I was asked in the interview was, you know, how will you go in a very male dominated kind of um, area? 
And I was like, well, I've done karate, which is pretty much a male-dominated sport my whole life. And I actually don't see it as as a not, – not that it's not a challenge, but I don't know any different. So I think, um, you know, I think some of those things have taken some time to get, get used to. Um, mm. But I think at the end of the day, your name kind of becomes your currency. Um, and if you can show that regardless of what you're doing, whether it's your, your passion, your sport, your art, your work, that – you know, um, that you're doing a good job, then I think those those sorts of things are really important. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. Um, so this is a bit of a different um, thought I want you to consider, um, but, you know, it may be a little bit easier for you given that you've got um, young daughters, but you mentioned now you're in your late 30s, um, been doing karate for 20 years or probably a lot longer really if you think back to when you first started mm-hmm. if you could think back to say when you're a teenager as a girl and all the things you've said you've learned and adapted to what what would you say to the younger Michelle that um, you now know and you'd like to, to pass on to her yeah I think um, it's a really good question I think girls in particular um, you know, they tend to doubt themselves more. Um, and I think I spend a, a, a probably too much, I don't think I spent a lot of time, but I just spent, you know, um, some time in moments of my career, particularly as a teenager and in my early 20s, doubting whether or not I could do it. Mm. Um, and, and that was not just, you know, in, an, um, in, in sport, but also like in finishing uni, can I juggle both? Can I do all of these things? And I think just... Um, you know, it's really easy to say it's important that you believe in yourself, but sometimes that's just just words. And I think the way in which you can do some of those things is just to really articulate what it is your purpose is, what is it that you stand for, what are your values, and then kind of go, these are the steps that I need to need to put in place. Because I think for me as a younger person, if I'd had someone that like I always had great support, but I didn't really have anybody like me. You know, I didn't Mm. know anybody else that was doing their year 12 exams in another country. I didn't know anyone that was moving into state for uni. You know, that's a really common thing to do overseas. Mm. But in Australia, you know, um, people don't necessarily do that. Mm. Um, So I wish that I'd found like a, I don't know if it's like a mentor or a person that could have just sort of said, you know, it's actually okay and you can do this and, here are some ways in which we can do it. And I think as an older athlete now, I see that almost as important as my role um, as an athlete individually, but is that kind of leadership and mentorship of, of, of younger athletes. Um, mm. And it's purely because I don't feel like I had that kind of experience. And, you know, you can have a really supportive mum and a really supportive coach, but unless you've got someone that's kind of, that gets where you're at at that point in time. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you just, I think that I wish that I had thought that I was good enough at the time. And I, I don't have too many regrets of my career at all. Cause I think I've always given everything a hundred percent. Um, but, but I wish that I had, you know, had, had someone that was just like, yeah, you're, mm. this, this is, this is totally fine. Like you're doing well, let's just take a step back and, you know, um, and have a look at what we're trying to achieve and let's just chunk off some small things, you know, just like those sorts of things. Finding your cheerleaders, I think, is probably the, the key. Yeah, well, I guess that outside person is 
is key to be able to help you navigate the biggest obstacle, and that's yourself, um, which yeah. often gets away. Mm. Absolutely. And I see it now. You know, I've got a couple of the younger athletes that, um, you know, they're my teammates, but they're also, like, some of them are literally half of my age, and I see mm. so much of what they're experiencing was how I felt at that time. Like, why am I doing this? What's the purpose? Mm. You know, what if, you know, I'm going to give everything up and I'm not going to have a career or I'm not going to have a house. I'm not, I'm going to spend all of my money on, on travel. Is it all worth it? You know, just some of those sorts of things that I was having those thoughts, but I wasn't articulating out loud because I didn't really know anyone that had kind of experienced that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Taya, my daughter who usually runs these podcasts, um, you know, she's a teenager and, you know, sometimes she'll ask me things like, well, you know, questions about some of these, you know, deep and meaningful things of life. And, and I say, well, look, part of the joy of life is actually discovering the answers for yourself. I mean, absolutely. if you knew all the answers to begin with, it'd be pretty hard to get out of bed every day because you'd sort yeah, of... Oh, be pretty you know, boring. You'd know what was happening all day. So, um, yeah. And, but I think, you know, you, you're right that um, key people, key mentors can at least maybe take you take some of the sharp bits off, off those experiences. Yeah, and it's just a, it's about um, I don't know it's it's just about putting it into perspective. And sometimes when you're right in the moment of anything, whether it's like how am I going to get through year twelve exams, or how do I even pick what university course? You know, like it would have been good for me, the seventeen year old version of myself, for someone to say, you know, you don't have to pick what you want to do for the rest of your life now. Mm. Like that's not essential. Mm. Um, but I just you know I, at that time, and it's definitely changed over the years. But I felt a sense of needing to pick in year 10 and 11 the subjects I was going to do in year 12 and and, and and moving into state for the course that had the highest TR at the time, you know, like all those sorts of things. Um, yeah. But, yeah, sometimes just to kind of, yeah, like you said, take the sharp bits off or just provide a bit of perspective because um, mm. everything can seem a little bit crazy in the moment. Yeah, great. So um, kind of moving towards wrapping up, um, g- given that this um, – this is a girls in Bend podcast, and we uh, obviously do a lot of work with girls um, in terms of not only supporting them to create their own kind of new ideas, business ventures, products, whatever that is. But in a way, we're, we're really trying to encourage girls to to reinvent themselves and to to think about their talents in a different way than maybe you know um, they were before. Like you're saying before that some girls can doubt themselves and their abilities. Um, is there anything that you want to particularly talk more broadly about that, you know, any girl listening to this might think, oh, yeah, that's, that's really helpful, um, you know, insights from Michelle? Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, in terms of, I guess, advice for want of a better term, I think just having a crack, you know, is always better than wondering. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you've got an idea for something articulate it have a chat to somebody like get some ideas around it um but don't sit on it you know I think um like like have a have a crack and and put yourself out there and find some good people to bounce ideas off of um I think you know I, I I do feel that you know girls in particular will often doubt their ideas you know there's there it's it's not a coincidence that you know, females earn less, have less leadership positions, don't have as many positions on boards, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it's, you know, 
people are like, oh, well, maybe maybe my idea is not good enough or what can I bring to the table? Um, so I think it's just about thinking, you know, I am enough and I can, you know, I can provide just as good an idea as, as, as anybody else and, you know, just, just put it out there and, and have a crack. Like I think if you try and fail, it's better than not trying and not knowing. You know, and for me, with karate getting into the Olympics next year, I know it's really unlikely that any Australian is going to qualify. It's a really difficult kind of process, but I want to know how close I get, you know, and I think um, if you've got an idea, it's kind of like, well, let's see where this idea goes. Yeah. Let's see yeah. what, um, you know, what what can happen. And, you know, there's a fine line between being crazy and reckless, but, uh, but being sort of methodical in your approach. But I think if you're chatting to people, if you're finding mentors, if you've, if you're bouncing your ideas off of people, um, that's a good way to go. And and the mentors and stuff, they don't need to come from, you know, your immediate sort of field, whether it's sport or business or the arts or, or whichever. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, sort of like I said before, I really do feel that those skills are really transferable. You know, mm-hmm. one of my main mentors um, was a previous manager of mine, knows nothing about sport, um, but just a good, you know, good female role model um mm. and the things that she taught me were about you know being strong and you know being determined and not being afraid to to speak up or to share your ideas um mm. so those people you know if you're really obscure like if I tried to find a mentor from somebody from karate back in 1998 as I was you know in my later teenage years it probably would have been fairly impossible um mm. so you know think outside the square a bit around you know people that that can help you um, and they don't necessarily have to be females. You know, that's the other thing is most of, you know, some of my great mentors are, aren't female and that's absolutely okay as well. Mm. Yeah, great, great advice there. Um, so we're going to wrap up now, but is there anything you particularly want to say that maybe you haven't covered that you've got, you've got something burning on your mind you want to, you want to say? Um, I don't think so. I think the, the, the main thing for me, like when I read a little bit about this, um podcast you know it really resonated with me because I think there's times where I've either you know like everybody but where you want to kind of give up or you're not quite sure or you're questioning yourself um and I, I think it's just like don't leave any st- stone unturned you know um if you if you if you're really passionate about something and you've got an idea run with it and see see where it takes you because the opportunities that I've had from just um you know taking on an opportunity or an idea that maybe I am good enough to represent Australia you know I've been to so many world championships I've been to so many Oceania championships I've traveled I've experienced um amazing things and that's all come from that one kind of thing and you know as I was saying before when I stood in the train station at um in Moscow the other weekend and because I, you know, am getting towards the end of my career, I was like, I'm just lucky. I'm so mm. lucky that I've had these these opportunities. So you never know where those ideas are going to take you. And that's the really exciting part about it. Like you might try and fail. I've been to so many competitions where I've lost first round and, mm. you know, but there are so many other things, the friendships and the connections and the the cultural experiences that you can, that you can get um, are invaluable. Yeah. Well, great, great words there, and and um, I mean, one of the things I've learned from from listening to you and and to to others who are uh, 
um, succeeding in their careers and, and including sporting is that, you know, it's easy for, I guess, the average person to think, oh, you know, I could never be a world champ or I couldn't be, you know, national champ. Um, but I think the, the great opportunity you shared today is, you know, that um, these things don't just fall in your lap. There's a lot of hard work and a lot of disappointments. And, um, I mean, it's great to just hear the human side of of success. Um, mm-hmm. So I really appreciate your time and effort um, today. Just be your own champion. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing is, like, you don't have to be – it's not about, like, the results or the trophies or any of those sorts of things. But whatever it is, just be the – like do what you can to be the best version of of you. Mm. Like everyone has different skill sets and, and different opportunities. Um, so yeah. I think that's, yeah. Well, once again, Michelle, thank you for your time and, and your insights. It's been, you know, a, a joy to talk to you and I'm sure anyone listening will uh, will have picked up some great tips. Um, just Just personally, I'll be uh, rooting for you and karate to, uh, to get there in Japan next year. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hoping. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, I will say we're all, you know, the group of athletes that are trying are absolutely doing their best. So um, it will be a good reward to for, for one of us, hopefully, to get there. So. Well, if it's ever going to happen, it should happen in Japan, shouldn't it? That's it. That's the way. <laughs> all right. Thanks for your time again. Thanks, Michelle. No worries. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Girls Invent podcast. Please share if you would like to inspire young women to believe in themselves and go after their hopes and dreams.